Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Good evening, pun- I mean, good morning, punters, and welcome back to Trot's Life Thursday, day four of Breeders' Week, and our first of four guests, five, counting Jamie, yeah, five guests on day four with Wombat and myself is Cody Charles. How are you, Cody? Toby, thanks for having me on the show this morning. Um, now, back when I was on Facebook, now I got a fa- I'm not going to go through the, I lost the phone number, okay, anyway, long story. I used to get a lot of updates on what you were doing, Cody, and it was pretty extraordinary. You really threw yourself into this. I reckon we're going back roughly a decade ago, but talk to the listeners about um, your start in, well, it's a multidiscipline operation, but talk about sort of launching into this adventure. So, yeah, basically, um, I'm fourth generation um, in my family. So I've, I've grown up around um, horses all my life. Um, obviously, my grandfather is um, Tom Charles. Um, he's probably well known for a horse back in the day, the grey horse called Blue Pennant. That was a very good horse. And then my father is Kevin Charles. And then and then obviously myself. So dad always just bred a couple of horses, um, you know, back in the day, bred one or two and to be fair, he probably, you know, they're probably old horses that he never really did a lot with. They sort of sat out in the paddock and he didn't start getting into them until they were about four or five. And as I got older, I got a, um, a love for the breeding. And then we decided to, to really, like you say, really launch into it. So in um, 2013, I said to Dad, we've really got to put our name out there and, um, you know, brand ourselves, which um, I come up with, obviously, just my initials, really, but KTC Bloodstock. Um, so we launched that into 2013. And then basically um, went to the yielding sales um, in 2015, and since then we've um, yeah we've we've had a real good go at it, and we've we've been really successful. I think we're working this talking this morning to Dad, and we've been lucky enough to um, sell sell on breed to, uh, 12 Group One winners since you know basically since we first started breeding heavily since 2013. So it's been a, a really good ride for us. Well, you were like the stomach blood of breeding, really. It was a funny situation. You you really were, um, I, I feel, trying to do something brand new at the time. So what what are your philosophies? Look, apart apart from, you know, the, the mares that you buy and the breeding that you do and how you go about that operation, one thing I was really impressed by, as mentioned, I don't know if you're as prolific these days, but certainly when KTC was getting off the ground and for years afterwards, um, you're a great exponent of social media and an understanding these days, whether you're a breeder or a, or a buyer, vet, whatever you might be, that the communication you can get online these days is pretty unbelievable. Yeah, really agree that, Jace. Um, obviously, my dad is a lot older than me. I'm 35, so obviously the younger generation, you know, the social media 
side of things is a really important thing. And that's what I thought, really brand your product. So we come up with KTC Bloodstock. We come up with the logo, Breeding Tomorrow's Champions. And we put it out there. We've we got this um, Twitter and um, not that I use Twitter a hell of a lot, but Facebook is, is a really good source of really pumping out, you know, to a wide variety of, of um, audiences. Um, you know, when someone likes it, it all of a sudden comes up on someone else's page. But I think it's, you know, it, it's free as well. And it's just um, a good way. I, I like to, I'm proud of what we do, proud of what my dad's achieved. So, yeah, just like to put it out there and um, let people know, let people follow our journey that we love. We, we just love helping the sport, really. Our love for the game is massive. Um, we love helping breeders. Then we decided to go down the stallion um, way and, you know, hope we've got a nice stallion there and is at an affordable price to help help breeders out. Whereabouts are you based, uh, Cody? I know Blue Pennant was a good horse in WA. That's about all I'm going off here. Yeah, um, so we're based in a, a town called Hopeland, which is... Um, approximately 50 kilometres south of Perth. Um, I, I live two kilometres away from mum and dad. I've got 63 acres on, on my farm. And then um, there's a couple of places um, next, right next door to each other. There's two properties. So we've got three properties on the one road and we probably operate over about 280 acres here. But it's um, re- really nice spot. So we're, we're pretty much straight off the freeway. So it's really good to um, just jump on the freeway and get to Gloucester Park, wherever we need to be. It's, it's a great, great spot. So yeah, about 40 minutes. South of Perth. Are you a Fremantle or West Coast supporter? Because Jason's Collingwood. I just wanted to ask this question. Yeah, I thought Jason had teeth. Well, the, the, some of them are mine. So, 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 some of them being moved. <laughs> I'm, hoping, I'm hoping you say free, 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 Fremantle. Cause I, are you Fremantle? I am Fremantle, yeah, but um, they, hey, they give you plenty of headaches. They've got sure. how many premierships? They've won plenty of premierships, haven't they? Out of your freaking mind. Yeah, but oh. we've got. We've got two cabinets in our in our house full of full of all these trophies. They're all made up ones though. Yeah, get, get to the big dance. That bloody Ross line. That bloody Ross line. They wanted to get into yeah, Essendon for crying out loud. Um, yeah, no, you, you look warm. You're a bit flushed. Um, nice little segue here because the the, um, the driving force of Breeders Week uh, on the HPV committee is Jess Tubbs, part of Lara J Farm, the principal at Lara J Farm, and. Uh, I, I did get some information that Lama Shane, you bought Lama Shane and she just fell down an American Ideal cult a couple of days ago. But more broadly speaking, what are your uh, and uh, I guess your family's philosophies on what mares to get and how important that maternal bloodline is? Yeah, so yeah, well, I was really lucky to get Lama Shane. Actually, that was um, sort of through um, Brett Coffey, which you would know really well. Brett's a great guy and Brett's the one that um, obviously... Um, who got me on this show today, helped get me on there. So Brett's an um, awesome person, awesome breeder, um, great bloke. He's always there to help me anytime I need any assistance. Brett's always only a message away, so it's really good to have Brett there. And um, Brett told me about um, Lama Shane for sale. Um, she was actually at Alibar, and I jumped at her straight away, group one winner. Obviously, Jess and Greg have got the progeny, um, and they're doing an absolute super job. And since I brought her, those foals have really got better with age, you know. So, yeah, Jess and um, still follows along that i think they called a putty um she's had a beautiful american ideal cult the other day so but back to what we're sort of looking for we really do look for um we're obviously commercial breeders as well everything we um we breed goes to the yearling sales um dad obviously trains and i've got a few out with different trainers but everything goes to the sales everything's offered for sale if it doesn't make the um the money then we'll just um we'll just race on ourselves but we really do look for um mares that have 
very good pages. You know, we really want to have mares that have only got two or three dams on the page. Obviously, good winners themselves or obviously very well related. This year, we've been able to upgrade our breeding barn a little bit more again. We um, we bought a, a um, mare out of the Yerby sale mare called Panorama Sunshine. She just had a beautiful um, tall, dark stranger colt. We purchased Libby Bell Midfrew from Jackie Gibson from Success Stud. Um, bought another couple of mares from Brett Coffey, a mare called Made for You Lombo, who's out of, pretty sure she's daughter Taylor, made Lombo off memory. Um, Major Eclipse. So, yeah, we're always looking to improve. Um, Mint Trulip, she's a um, dam of two Group 1 winners. She's a new um, mare we purchased this year. So, yeah, always looking for those well-bred mares and um, obviously very good pages that are going to be able to go to the yielding sales and, um, you know, got to get a good quid for them. How clever do you have to be? We're going to get into, uh, you know, a question there from Matty O or a statement that I already knew about. We're going to get to uh, relatively soon. And Toby will ask you about your uh, multi-code um, achievements. But how clever do you have to be? I know you don't mind going to the, to the mix sales and all the rest sometimes because it's all well and good. You know, people say we're going to get, you know, the best maternal bloodlines and it's going to be perfect. But then again, there's got to be an economic rationalisation to all this. So how dedicated do you have to be to really searching through to find those good maternal lines where sometimes you don't have to, you know, spend an arm and a leg to get these mares? Yeah, there really is. One thing I have learned, Jace, with breeding, there really is no rule. You can, you know, you can do as much research as you possibly can, but sometimes, you know, you just never know where that good one's going to be left come from we had a, a handy mare called here for the money mm. which was by a local stallion here in wa called rich and spoilt um and she's now the dam of shockwave that everyone would well know of um and another mare that's one two group one double espresso so if we thought back when we bought her from the yelling sale for maybe eight or nine thousand sort of back before we were into the breeding full time um did we think she was going to be, be you know one of the best broomers in wa we, we definitely wouldn't have thought so, but there's just really no, no rule where they're going to, um, the good one's going to come from. Mate, tell us a bit about, you, you've got the stud, you're breeding horses and training all three codes. Matty O's asked the question. Cody trains all three codes, doesn't he? Fair effort. That is a fair effort if you're um, doing all of this. Yeah, I, I did, Toby. Um, I, since I did have a, well, how it all started, obviously we're from a harness um, background. Um, but I did have a love for the greyhounds. Um, so as soon as I could get my trainer's license, I, I took that out. So basically what I do now is basically train greyhounds, breed greyhounds, breed horses. So I've got 23 greyhounds in work as we speak now. Um, two greyhound um, bitches in pup and there's probably another 20-odd pups at home. So we're probably up around 50 greyhounds. And our horse numbers are up around, between the family, up around 110. So there's plenty of work to do. I've obviously got a young family. So the training of thoroughbred, that was only short-lived. I was in about 15 syndications. Had one with Luke Oliver called Slash and Burn, and they wanted to move him on. Um, so I actually just put a silly price, put a silly offer in, and ended up with this horse and thought, better get my trainer's license. Yeah. So we did that. Uh, yeah, did that, and um, only gave him about seven starts. It was a bit of a nightmare of a galloper. Most of them are uneducated. You can't tie them up. You have to take him on the flight with a little Shetland pony and all the rest of it. But I think on start number six for me, we uh, got a win at 50 to one at Northern. So that was a good result. And um, spelled him after that and brought him back in. And he's been difficult. So I put him on Facebook and 
sold him, and that was the end of the thoroughbred career, really. <laughs> um, before we let you go, yeah, bloody thorough. Um, before we let you go, Cody, you, you spoke about the stallion journey. I've got a two-pronged question to leave you with. One, you're standing one or two yourself at the moment. I believe talk to us about that and, and the process of getting involved in that side of it. And also, I guess, who you look for with your broodmares to breed with. Yeah, um, so to the stallion side of things, we had a mare called Pleasing Package, um, and she had a, a, a foal by the name of Foreclosure. And when the Intermins were in Perth, um, the people that own Foreclosure now, Derek Delaney and James in Ireland, actually came out to Perth. So I got talking to them, and I'd always expressed interest that I would love to be involved in a stallion, and it's sort of that's sort of how it fell that way. So um, we done a deal with Derek and James and imported the frozen semen out from Ireland, which is a funny place to come from, but he did stand in America for one season before he was sold onto Ireland. Um, he's the leading sire in Ireland, and it's, it's, it's hard getting mares, but we've bred some to him, and, and um, if you're around Australia, his first crop had 21 foals. Um, eight of them have hit the races so far as two-year-olds, and he's had three winners, and the other five have all been placed, and those three winners are all City Friday Night Gloucester Park winners. That's a pretty good achievement for the stallion. This year, they sold up to 55,000. Um, Aiden DeCampo, who's a very good trainer in Perth, bought a couple of them. Um, and, yeah, so he's, um, he's frozen semen only. He stands for $3,300. Um, and we do have semen over there in Melbourne at Gene Movers. So if there's anyone listening that's interested in going to foreclosure, feel free to reach out to us and we'll put you in the right direction. And I just missed that last part of that question, um, Jason. Oh, just, just, just basically what you look for in, in, in size that you breed your mares to. Yeah, um, I think when you want to, as we are commercial breeders, I really do think that type comes down to a lot of it. If you go to the yelling sales with a, with a nice type, we had a sweet loo filly last year. Um, good, It was a good page, you know, but probably... Um, she was an absolute standout filly and made 65000 and that was purely on type. You know, she was an absolute cracking filly. So I really do think you've got to try and imagine what you're going to get, mm. you know, try and breed to, you know, have a nice mare and try, you know, if she's lacking something, try and find something that a stallion has to really add to the recipe, basically, and try and find that perfect foal. Um, but, you know, if you've got like a, a really, really big mare and, you know, that might be a mate and you don't want to go to a really, really big stallion either, um, you know, we obviously try and breed good two-year-olds, um, that's where a lot of the money is. So try and get, um, you know, horses that can get up and, and go early. And as I say, we've, we've been very successful in doing that um, and hopefully that can continue. A beautiful little segue, I reckon, from you, even though you didn't you didn't know it there, Cody, because we're going to speak to Adam Bowden from Diamond Creek. And I reckon, reckon, have I'm not wrong, but Sweet Lou might, uh, might stand there. But we'll talk to Adam at about 11.40, mate. You've made me utterly exhausted hearing what you're doing every day and how much pressure you're putting yourself under. I was already tired. Now I need to go for a nap, but it's been very good chatting to you, mate. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And you have a um, good rest of the day. And, and yeah, on Sweet Lou, he does stand at Diamond Creek Farm. I think when he had his first season in Australia, I don't think he got a um, hell of a lot of um, numbers the first year, but we did breed that year for the money to him. And I think we bred... Sweet Lou's first Group 1 winner, which was Double Espresso. So there's a little story for you. That's beautiful. We'll talk to Adam pretty soon. Well done to Cody Charles. We're going to go to the news, find out what's happening in the world. Come back very soon. Soon, Short seg and then back for Adam Bowden at 11.40.